Hi, I'm Carol Bertani, and you're very welcome to my podcast, Behind the Series. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Behind the Series. This is my fourth episode, and excuse my voice, but I have a bit of a cold. So this week I said you're in for a treat. It was a night in 2016 when I was browsing through the numberless TV series on Netflix, and one particular title caught my eyes. It was a sitcom. The preview showed a blonde woman sitting on a yellow sofa on a blue background. Catchy colors, I thought. When I looked closely, I realized that that woman was Kristen Bell, and standing behind her was Ted Danson. After that, I immediately wanted to watch it, and I think it was the best choice I've ever made in choosing a TV series. Because to me, watching a TV series doesn't only mean fill my free time, watching it means plunge into their stories, live it, see the development of the characters and almost become their friend. Because you root for them to succeed in everything they want to reach. Well, this was the case for The Good Place. This TV series means a lot to me and I want to tell you all about it. Everything starting in the mind of the fantastic Michael Schur, an American television producer and screenwriter known for The Office, Parks and Recreation, Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Master of None. All his shows typically evolve around a group of friends whose friendship and loyalty to one another become stronger and stronger in each episode. The Good Place has been defined as a very unusual half an hour of American television and that was exactly the aim of Michael Shore, create a show that would lift itself from the mass of the numerous TV series created each year by network TVs. The Good Place talks about a group of four friends who end up in an afterlife called The Good Place, created by architect Michael, interpreted by Ten Danson, and the person who we meet first is Eleanor Shellstrop, interpreted by Kristen Bell, who is an ordinary woman who, thanks to some kind of error, is sent to The Good Place instead of The Bad Place, which is definitely where she belongs. While hiding in plain sight from the good place architect Michael, she is determined to shed her old way of living and earn her spot there. The first two seasons featured surprise after surprise and twist after twist, including a world upending season one finale that threw everything up in the air. Also seeking redemption along with Eleanor are a Senegalese philosopher Chidi Anagonye, interpreted by William Jackson Harper, an elegant Pakistani-British woman, Tahani al-Jamil, interpreted by Jamila Jamil, and a weird young man from Florida called Jason Mendoza, interpreted by Manny Jacinto. The architect Michael is not alone to handle those four humans. He is helped by Janet, interpreted by Darcy Carden, who is a human-esque repository of all the knowledge in the universe. The creator Michael Schur, in an interview, explains how he came up with the idea for this TV series. At first, the idea was, what if life is a video game where you're going around and you're winning or losing points in every action? What if, at the end of the day, your score is calculated and some people have high scores and other people have low scores? Schur doesn't define himself as a very religious person. He says, I knew many religions growing up, but I never took up one specifically. They're all fascinating, many promises overlap, but with time he realized that what he really wanted to do and what he was really interested in wasn't religion, but the morality behind the idea of the afterlife. So the main idea was passing from a religious conception of the afterlife to ethics. So when he started being interested in moral philosophy and ethics, he realized what he wanted the show to be about. 
He wanted those four characters to understand that every action carries a moral implication and that those actions have consequences on others and on the environment. So in a nutshell, what does it mean to be human in this world? So one of his collaborators showed him a book called Death, the Art of Living by Todd May, who thinks how a philosopher would behave in hell. Would he be faithful to his morality or would he betray it? And it is in fact what Chidi Anagonie does in this TV series. When Shur pitched the idea to NBC, the producers didn't hide their surprise in hearing it, but they were happy that this idea would bring a whiff of fresh air to the network. Moreover, NBC could count on the successful skill of Shur after the success of his shows like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and it was a, in fact a complete different show with which Shur wanted to experiment. The Good Place is a sitcom which counts four seasons with a total of 52 episodes. It is a pretty unusual sitcom for different reasons. First of all, it's not filmed in front of a live audience as all the traditional sitcoms. Instead, it was filmed in both inside and outside the studio in single camera, which means that there is only one camera on the set that follows the events. Second, this single camera choice gives the sitcom a movie-like look. The scenes are more fluent and the whole thing results more quick and less staged. Third, this sitcom is different from the others from a structural point of view. Usually we could represent the sitcom storyline as a circle. In fact, usually the sitcom episode starts with a balance that is disturbed and for the rest of the episode the character try to build that balance again and at the end of every episode this balance is reached again. But in this case, the structure of each episode resembles the structure of a common TV series. Each episode doesn't end with a recovered balance, but with a cliffhanger that pushes the audience to continue watching. In every episode, each character grows from a moral point of view, and that wouldn't happen in a normal sitcom. But here the character understands its mistake and tries to make up for them. And that is also thanks to philosophy, which is explained during the show without resulting boring and witty, because it's dealt with under a comic point of view. After all, it is a sitcom and those complicated concepts have to be conveyed in a simple way for the audience to understand them. So The Good Place works like that. In your life you gather a certain amount of points according to the good or bad deeds that you did. And at the end of your life, those points are added up and your scores determines whether you go to the good place or to the bad place. And all the characters that we meet are in what they think is the good place, although they know that in their life they didn't do much good. You are listening to Behind the Series Podcast with Cara Albertani. So let's talk about the characters. Let's start with Eleanor Shellstrop. She's a woman in her 30s from Phoenix, Arizona. Her parents divorced when she was 13 and she always blamed them for her cocky and disrespectful behavior. She thinks that in her life she must never trust anyone and she always have to achieve what she wants by herself without the help of others. In fact, she is convinced that other people only want to help her because they want something in return. And that's what her parents have always done with her. Once she arrives at the good place, she meets Michael, who tells her that she was an admirable human when she was alive. She took part in many humanitarian missions and helped the poor. Eleanor knows that she didn't do all these things in her life and she starts panicking. 
She knows she's not meant to be there in the good place, and for sure she doesn't want to tell Michael because she would be sent to the bad place. Eleanor meets other people in the good place that become her friends through the seasons. First of all, Chidian Agonie, who is a professor of ethics and moral philosophy. Michael tells them that they are soulmates, and Chidi is excited because he is living in paradise and everything is perfect for him. And that was until Eleanor reveals that the afterlife system made a huge mistake for her. She isn't supposed to be there. So Chidi starts panicking as well, and at first he wants to tell Michael, but Eleanor stops him from doing it. Since she wasn't a good person when she was alive, she wants to become one in the afterlife. So she convinces Chidi to teach her how to become the better version of herself through some ethic lessons. So Chidi accepts and the lessons start and Eleanor is surprised when she does good deeds without realizing such as let someone go before her in the queue. And in the good place Eleanor and Chidi meet two other friends. One is Dahani, an upper class British woman who in life collected billions for charity and a monk called Janio who can't speak because he did a vote of silence when he was eight. Through season one, we get to know those characters better. Chidi is tormented by his indecision, and that was the reason why in life he suffered. He couldn't make a simple decision such as choose between chocolate or blueberry muffin, because before choosing he felt like he had to stop and consider all the implications that his choice implied. That made him suffer because all his friends wouldn't ask him anything because they would know that he would take hours to decide on something. Tahani is an aristocratic woman who grew up competing with her sister Camilla, who is the favorite of the two. Her parents never appreciated what she did for them and always praised Camilla instead. So although she raised lots of money for charities, her motivations were wrong because she did it for herself and not for the people she was meant to help. And Janio isn't really a monk, but he is Jason Mendoza and he is an aspiring DJ from Florida. He is very simple and he never thinks what his actions imply. So all of them have big flaws, but they all ended up in the good place. To explain it, I have to say that I have to spoil the end of the first season for you. So if you haven't seen the good place yet, skip a few seconds. So these humans don't deserve to be in the good place, unless the good place is in reality the bad place. And Michael is a demon who created that place to torture them by making them torture each other through their eccentric personalities. That was a big surprise for everyone and it was also a surprise for the actors because they got to know this final twist only halfway through the first season. Michael Scher didn't want to tell them at the beginning because he wanted their reaction to be natural. Casting was also fundamental for the success of the show. Each character has a specific comic identity. Scher had already in mind two actors for Eleanor and Michael that is Kristen Bell and Ted Danson, and he was happy that they accepted almost immediately. For the role of Jason, his instructions to the casting team were, you need to find an East Asian or, or a preferably Filipino unknown man who is both a wonderful silent film actor and also a skilled comedian that can play a dumb guy from Florida. At the end, the choice fell on Manny Jacinto, and I have to say that was the best choice. Jason is very simple and dumb, and his comedy comes from those characteristics. The instructions to find an actress for Tahani were very detailed. 
an Indian or Pakistani-born woman with a flawless upper-class British accent. And she also had to be very tall. That was a key element because it was ideal to torment Eleanor by giving her characteristics that Eleanor envies. So Tahani had to be the Indian-Pakistani Grace Kelly. And the choice fell on Jamila Jamil, who was a BBC radio presenter. The instructions to find an actress for the role of Janet were vague again. At first, Janet had to be like a kiosk to which the resident of the good place would address to to ask anything. But then Janet became a person, like a sort of Siri, but she defines herself neither human nor robot. She is simply Janet. The casting team decided to choose Darcy Carden, who is a brilliant improviser, and the character was built around her personality. To understand better the characters and reasons why they ended up in a place like that, the authors decided to put in the episode some flashbacks. Behind the Series Podcast with Chiara Albertani. A setting like the afterlife gave the authors the opportunity to be as creative as they wanted to. Nothing in the neighborhood of the good place is randomly put there. Everything is taught to torture the four humans. For example, when Michael brings Eleanor to her new house, he says that each house has been taught to reflect the personality of the person that would live in there. And, of course, to torture her, her house has a minimalist decor and lots of paintings of scary clowns. Which, by the way, she hates. Moreover, her little cottage is placed right next to Tahani's house, which is a big villa with a big garden and many fountains. Plus, Eleanor loves swearing, but The Good Place has a censorship that modifies the swear words in words that sound alike, such as fork, bullshirt and bench. The Good Place is presented like this utopic world where, and I quote, every neighborhood is unique. Some have warm weather, some cold, some are cities, some are farmlands. But in each one, every blade of grass, every ladybug, every detail has been precisely designed and calibrated for its residents. But of course, this utopic district soon became a dystopic nightmare where the foreign humans had to survive. For example, all the shops there are frozen yogurt shops, and Michael thinks of them as something that would distress the characters every time, so much so that at one point Eleanor exclaimed, Have you ever heard of ice cream? But after the four humans found out that the good place was in reality the bad place, Michael, with a simple flick of the finger, erased their memory and started everything again. In fact, even Michael has some flaws. He is a demon who had always wanted to bring something new to the table of the demons. He was bored of the old ways of torturing people, so he tried to pitch his new idea to his colleagues. What if I project a place through which I can torture people without them realizing? So he has a big responsibility and the fact that the humans found out his plan at the end of season 1 put hurdles in his way. So he starts all over again without telling his boss, and after a few attempts, he realizes that he can't make it on its own, and he needs the help of those humans in order not to fail his boss' expectations. So this brings him closer to the four characters, so much so that they become friends. And because the audience sees the struggle of Michael and the four humans to become better people, they of course root for them. 
because the audience seeing them their own struggle during life. And the message that Michael Schur wants to convey with the good place is to know that every action we make has a consequence and what we have to do is to be good to one another. In fact, Schur and the writers were helped by philosophy professors and books such as What Do We Owe to Each Other? that wants to investigate how we judge whether an action is morally right or wrong. The theory is called contractualism, and its central claim is that an act is right or wrong if, and only if, it could or could not be justified to others on grounds that they could not reasonably reject. So, of course, Michael Schur has brought to NBC a new and an unusual sitcom, but it's thanks to that that The Good Place had the success it deserved. The fourth season ended on the 30th of January 2020, and I have to say that the last episode really ended the story in the best way possible. Every narrative line has been fulfilled, and nothing was left undone. Moreover, the final episode ends with a sentence that makes you think that if you do the right thing, you'll have a little reward. And this little reward, even if it's little, it will make you feel good and maybe make someone else feel good too. So thank you for listening. This was the fourth episode of Behind the Series and come back for the next episode. Thank you and goodbye. Thank you for listening to Behind the Series podcast.